0: Hi church, it's so good to see all of you guys here again. I'm Pastor Fergus. Aren't you guys enjoying being in church on this morning? You guys enjoy and really were blessed by the worship just moments ago. Did you enjoy praying for one another? Man, I love church so much. Church, SIBKL and all our church family, if you enjoy being in church on a weekend morning or a weekend afternoon, whenever you you are watching this, can you shout it out in the live chat? chat and say, I love Jesus and I love His body. I love Jesus. Just type it out right now in the live chat that you see. I love Jesus. I love His family, right? Man, I'm so excited to bring you a word today from Nehemiah chapter 4, the first half of chapter 4 and today's sermon is going to be entitled, Fight. Right? Uh, so, so why have I entitled it Fight? Because Nehemiah chapter 4 is going to show us that the enemy is always bringing a fight upon the people of God, but as the people of God, it is incumbent on us to have a fight back. Everybody say, fight back. When the enemy comes at you, say, fight back. Come on church. Come on church. I'm not hearing you. Are you saying it in the live chat? When the enemy comes at you, you must fight back. Amen. If that's the crawl in your heart, then go onto the live chat. Say it again, right? Say it right there. Type it out. Fight back, right? So today, I want to share with you this word. Let's go read it in the text, Nehemiah chapter 4. So you see, I'm not making this up. It really is right there. Let me read it out for you. It's on the screens. Chapter 4 verse 1. Now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burnt ones at that? Then Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, Yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, He will break down the stone wall. Friends, what are the enemies of God doing at this point? They are trash-talking our God. They are mocking and jeering and intimidating and making the people of God feel like fools. Now, how many times have you felt exactly as the people of God here have been feeling? Surely, you must have a response. Now, what was their response? Let's read. What's their response? Verse 4. The people of God cry, hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So friends, this is their response. What is it? They cried out to God. Friends, their response was that they called out to their God and they called out to God to vindicate His own name and they're calling out to God to destroy the enemies, they are essentially calling out to God for a for a fight back. Amen? For a fight back. But there is a second response. A second response, which sometimes if you read too quickly, you may not see it there. But it's very much there and so very important. Let me read to you. What is their second response? Verse 6. So we built the wall. Friends, So they went on and built the wall and all the wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work, right? So there are two responses when the enemy comes at you. Two fightbacks when the enemy comes at you. The first one is you pray, you call out to God. The second one is we work, we get the job done, Keep on working at it. Do not allow the enemy to distract you or to put you off from your work. But guess what? After you put yourself back into work, will the enemy scale back? Will the enemy pull back? Will the enemy chill out? No. Why? Because verse 7 says, But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem were going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry and they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. So the enemy has taken it one notch further. They are no longer just trash talking. Now they are actively plotting for the de- for, to come and destroy Jerusalem, to actively come and sow confusion. What was their response? my friends. What was their response? Let me read it to you. Verse, 11, um, verse 9, sorry. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. Now, friends, now friends, you're starting to see in this little section that whenever you build something, there is a cycle. Whenever you start, there is a cycle of enthusiasm and you're building something and, and, you, and everybody's coming together and there is a great high morale and everyone's working hard Then you will enter into a cycle of productivity where you build and you build and you layer and layer and layer but then you reach a point where you come against the headwinds and the disturbances and and the difficulties, and that's when, if you're not careful, you can tailspin from that into a cycle of discouragement. The people of God at this point, at this juncture, verse 10, were in a cycle of discouragement. They looked at the rubble around them. They looked at the broken stones around them, and suddenly, they were discouraged, and they thought to themselves, there is so much work. There is so much rubbish. There is so much brokenness. How will we ever get this done. Friends, I know MCO season, many of us have spun somehow into that cycle of discouragement. But guess what? Today is a day of a fight back. Amen. Today is a day of a fight back. Let's keep on reading. Verse 11, and our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop their work. At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us ten times, you must return to us. So what's going on is the enemy has taken One more notch up. Now, they are no longer just plotting uh, to to sow discord among the people of God. Now, they are plotting to come in stealth by night to kill the people of God. And then, suddenly, you have Jews, people who should be their kawan, people who should be their friends, are coming and distracting them, saying, come with us, come with us. Abandon, effectively, abandon this project. So, there is a plot to kill and a plot to distract. And then now we move into the final movement of this this section, verse 13. So in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in open places, I, Nehemiah, I, I stationed the people by their clans, with their swords and spears and, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them." S I B K L, do not be afraid of the enemies of God. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And what came out of this? Verse 15, when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. Man, we haven't even prayed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you've given us such an amazing, powerful word. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that today you're going to put some fight back into our hearts. You're going to put some fight back into our hands so that today, Lord God, the enemies of your kingdom who try to advance against us will fall when your word is being preached and lived out and becomes flesh in the lives of those who are hearing and are good soil. So I pray that every heart hearing this will be good soil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, friends. Now, from this whole text, I want to share with you that there are three ways to respond to the fight, right? Three ways to respond to the fight, and there is a wake up, and then there is a shake up, and then finally, there is the take up. Now, friends, say it with me now. Say it with me. There is the wake up, the shake up, and the take up, right? What are these things? Let's get into the first one. The first one is this, that as the people of God, we must wake up to the reality that the enemy of God is always looking to fight. The enemy of God is always seeking for opportunities to fight against the people of God. Friends, friends MCO, lockdown. Christians, some, most of us are not in not in spiritual lockdown, but some of us might have been in some kind of spiritual restricted movement, right? But guess what? The enemy don't stop, my friends. Enemy don't stop. Enemy is always there. Just look at what Sanballat and Tobiah and all of these guys were doing. They were trying to sow intimidation, trying to put the people of God off, trying to throw them off, trying to discourage them, sow fear into them, right? Um, they, were, they were trying to distract them create a, a, a disruption in their work. Why? There was even a bit of hint of them sowing discord so that there can be some infighting. Why? Because the enemy knows that at all times, they must be working against us. Friends, do we know the same thing? Friends, Are we? Are, are, do we have it in us so that we are not going to go on this prolonged chill mode in, in, in the house of God? Friends, do you believe? Do you really believe? Now, maybe you might say to me, Pastor, why are like, you so paranoid? Where are like, la enemies? So you think you're so important like, every day? Friends, friends, you don't have to believe me. Can you believe? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. You know what 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says? It says this, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Why? Because the devil is like a roaring lion. It is constantly prowling everywhere, seeking for an opportunity and someone to devour. That's what the enemy is doing. So believe, believe what uh, the Apostle Peter said, that the enemy is perpetually, constantly, ever going, ongoing, looking for someone to devour. And the enemy, if you know how lions hunt, they will hunt for the weakest, they will hunt for the most naive, they will hunt for the ones who are, who are straying, who are alone, who are whatever, but they will always be looking for someone to hunt and to hunt down and to devour. Friends, Are you going to be that guy or are you going to have a bit of a wake up? Wake up to the reality that this is the case. And so as Christians, as people in the kingdom of God, we must wake up and be vigilant and be watchful at all times. Now friends, there is no room for a prolonged chill mode right? And when I say chill mode, I'm not talking about those among you who are working your socks off for Jesus and you're serving the Lord, you're reaching out to people in this MCO period, CMCO period, RMCO period, whatever it is, you're reaching out to so many people and then you're so exhausted and you're resting in the Lord. Brother, I'm not talking about you. If that is you, I'm not talking about you. But friends, I know what it feels like to be tempted into a prolonged chill mode, and a prolonged chill mode just means that we're just like, wow, no church, kind of go no no church. You're here, we're doing church, right? Like no church. Wow, sell also like um, Zoom only. Ah. Uh, no prayer meeting, no so many things. Don't have to serve in church. Don't need ushers. Don't need this. Don't need that, right? Chill. Six weeks become seven weeks. Seven weeks becoming eight weeks. Eight weeks going to become more. Friends, do you know how much ground the enemy has already advanced in your life during this six, seven, eight weeks of inactivity? Will you keep on letting that happen? No, because today is the day we have a wake up. Amen? A wake up. Now, I've heard it being said before that uh, maybe, maybe it's uh, if if the devil is not attacking you, uh, maybe you, it, it should be a wake up sign. Have you heard that one before, right? Maybe there is something wrong if the enemy is not trying to attack you. And and the the logic goes that if you're doing something right for God, then the enemy is always going to be trying to attack you. But if you are totally inactive and you are totally non-threatening to the enemy, then it's quite possible that the enemy will just be happy to leave you alone. Is that true? Friends, is that true? You know what? Honestly, I would rather you answer that. I would rather you answer that question for yourself, for your life. Because I don't want to be too presumptuous. Maybe the Lord has been so kind to you to protect you and to shield you. But you know what? I believe every single one of us, we know whether or not the enemy is leaving us alone because we are absolutely non-threatening to him. Or whether God really has been so, so gracious to, to buffer us from the wave and wave of enemy attacks in the course of us extending his kingdom. But by the way, when we think, when we think and say that the enemy is gonna come and like constantly attack us in an unprovoked way, you know what? It's quite funny if you were to say the word unprovoked as if like, you know, it's an unprovoked attack on us, right? Because you know what? If you must be really, really accurate. Every time you stand up for Jesus, every time you share the gospel, you share about His love, every time you, you, you want to tell someone about, about the goodness and the mercies of God and bring them to saving faith, every time you are doing something to extend the kingdom and to show practical love, you are not being non-threatening. And it is a provocation on the in the, from the perspective of the enemy and he will and oftentimes absolutely will come and do something to disrupt us. So friends, when that happens, is there a fight back? Friends, when that happens, will we wake up to this reality? First point, first response to the fight is we must wake up. The enemy is always looking to attack. There is no prolonged, chill mode. And our responsibility, our response is to be vigilant, to be vigilant. But here is where we get into our second point. Because the second point is, after you wake up, there has to be a shake-up. S-I-B-K-L. Can you say it with me? Shake-up. If you want, say it in the chat. Shake-up. Everybody's got to shake-up. Everybody, I know you're at home. Just kind of like shake yourself up, right? I just rouse yourself up just a little bit. I know I'm roused up because I've been praying before I started preaching here today. But friends, for you at home, I know you were worshipping just now. You are praying for the sick just now. Are you roused up? Is there a shake up in your heart on this day, right? Now, what went on? I showed you just now. When the enemy started to taunt and to attack and to come at the people of God, what was the response of the Jewish people? Number one, they... Prayed. That's right. They called out to their God. Number two, they kept on working. Get the job done. Don't be distracted. Joshua, uh, way back in the Old Testament, said, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Just stay focused. Focused attention. Keep on working, right? Pray, work, pray, work. But can I tell you something? Every time you're building the walls back up, as I shared with you just now, from verse 10, there will be moments where you feel the discouragement of seeing how much rubble there is, right? And that's what happened. And I believe that in this this whole lockdown, like let's just take this whole last seven months, seven weeks as one big totality. I believe that in this whole period of 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 so however many months by, by now, that there is a spiritual lethargy that is setting in on many. Of us. Now, I say this because I know that there there, there are two responses among us right out there. That some of us are just like hypercharged during this MCO period and we're like in the word more than ever before. We are in prayer more than ever before and all that stuff. But there are many of you, I know, because I've been speaking with you as well. I know. And I know because I tasted a bit of that for myself. And by a bit, it may not just be a a bit, it might be a bit more than a bit, right? It is a spiritual lethargy that sets. In. And there can be many reasons why that could have happened. Maybe you're just overwhelmed by so many things to do. You're working from home, you've got children to school, you've got so many things to do, right? Maybe you're just disrupted, all your routines are just thrown off and you're and, and, and you're a routines guy, you know? You just need to have your, your your fixed routines and you never really found your footing in the midst of that and everything just went a little bit out of shape. Maybe it's nothing even anything so dramatic. You're just so seen from all this really. You're just so tired of all this disruption and all these different things. And and maybe you're just so seen of being trapped up in your house, you know, and thank God now we can go out a bit more. Now, this is exactly like what's going on in verse 10. They looked at the rubble and they said to each other and to God, how are we going to do this? Our strength is failing. You know, there is too much rubbish, too much broken stones, too much brokenness. We are never going to be able to do this by ourselves. And you know what? That Is the right thing to say. At the heart of it, we'll never be able to do this by ourselves. Bang on right. You know why? Because we can't get out of this rut by ourselves. We're gonna need the power of God to lift us up. And so, when I say shake up, everybody say shake up. It's going to require the the work of the Holy Spirit happening in your life. But today, my prayer for you is that this sermon, one sermon alone, 30 minutes of talking alone can create enough shaking up in you so that God can come in and do the rest of the work. Now friends, I was sharing with you just now, I myself struggled. I went through a a kind of like a a, a phase where it was starting to get like a real, become like a real drag um, to be working from home. And by the way, When you've got little kids, you know, working from home, it's not like, it's not so straightforward like, oh yeah, that's your working time anyway, so you're just working from home or so comfortable. It's nothing like that, right? Because, but I know you guys, all of you young parents, you know what I'm talking about. When you've got little kids around you, they don't care and they don't know uh, whether you are work from home or you are are not work from home, you are at home. And the moment you're at home, they will come to you, they want to show you their Lego, they want to talk to you, they need your help to do this or to do that. Or sometimes they break out into a little fight and you gotta go in. You can't you can't just let them cry and all that, right? You gotta go do something. So full hundred percent, full-time father, full-time house husband, full-time pastor, full-time worker, and then on top of that, you still have to go and care for people, love all those things. I know what you guys are going through. So so when I when I experienced that I was so blessed that at one point some I I someone shared with me from Revelation chapter 2 Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. This is from the letter to the Ephesian church, right? And the Ephesian church, as we know, in Revelation 2, they're a, they're, they're, they're a watchful church. So they so they woke up, right? They are a vigilant church. They know how to discern a false prophet from a, from, from a real one. And, and they are a hardworking church. They, they know how to do church, you know. But somewhere along the line, they lost their first love. Not just lost it, actually the word is they abandoned, they left, they abandoned their first love. And what is the call of of the Apostle John over the church in Ephesus? The call is number one, is to remember. Remember what? Remember from how far you have fallen. And number two is to repent. Repent and what? Repent and do the things you did at the first. Now, I just want to quickly break these two up uh, a little bit just so you can see what is the response. Man, if you have lost your affections for Jesus, if you have found that your passion for God is starting to wane, I want to speak this into your spirit, man, right now. Remember. What do you mean by remember? Remember from how far you have fallen. Now, friends, if you're hearing this and you're feeling a little bit like, wow, why are Pastor Fergus today so condemning? Uh? Why remember from how far I have fallen? like, Why is it? You know what, friends? You know what? I believe that. No, I, I heard this for myself. So first, right? I want to share with you. I tell you when it is condemning. It is condemning if the Lord is comparing you to someone else right? It's condemning if the Lord is saying, why you like that? Why this pastor can be like that? Why this brother can be like that? Why your sister can be like that? Why you are only like that? Now, that's condemning. I know. I know what it means to be compared to other people, right? Now, friends, God is not comparing you to someone else. He is asking you to remember from how far you have fallen. So He is not asking you to benchmark yourself against someone else. Let's be frank, my friends. Everybody has all these little different nuances in their lives. You can't compare your walk with someone else's and neither can they to yours. But what you can compare yourself to is when the last time you were really on fire for God. How about that, my friends? When was the last time you were really so on fire for God? Can you remember? Can you remember? Because I believe that, that Revelation 2 is reminding us. Can you remember? Now, I was so blessed that I had a colleague just this week ask me this question. Can you remember the last time you were soaked in the Spirit, right? And I had, I started to, to to plow into my memory. And you know what? I'm not the most proud of my answer, but I'll tell you my answer. Before I tell you my answer, if you've got an answer, type it in the chat because you know what? we are a family and anything that is hidden remains hidden and the enemy can, 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 can attack you in those areas. But the moment there is confession and they coming out of it, then you know what? There is such liberty in the whole process. So if, if you, So I'm going to ask you, my friends, when was the last time you were soaked in the spirit When was it? And by the way, it's not a competition to see whose last time was the most recent, right? It is not a competition. It is a family journey together. You want to know when was my last time? Friends, I'm going to be honest with you. Preparing for Malam Pentecostal last year. That's the last time I felt so on blazes, man. I was on fire. I was waking up every morning, 6.30. I was prayer walking my neighborhood for at least about half an hour, 45 minutes every single day. I was on fire. I remember when I arrived in Kuching, I locked my bedroom door, and my hotel room door and I prayed nonstop for close to an hour in tongues, strong tongues. And then I got out, went to the stadium and continued praying and everything there. I was on so much fire. And I started to ask myself, Fergus, can you remember what you did back then? Friends, can you remember what you did back in your then? Are you going, what is your response after remembering? The Word of God says, repent and what? Do what you did at that time. Do it, just do it. Now, maybe some of you are thinking right now, no no, pastor, I don't feel it, so I don't to do it. Pastor, guess what? I'm only going to do it when I'm feeling it because if I do it now and I don't feel it, it's like not sincere so I'm not going to do it. Hey friend, it's been seven weeks and maybe you haven't been feeling it and maybe that's why you've not been doing it or I don't know how long it was, you know, from your last time you were really soaked but can I say this, friends, I don't know about in other things when you're fighting against other things, I know one thing about fighting lethargy. Now, it's the same for physical lethargy, like you don't feel like you wanna get up and go to the gym, or physical lethargy, or spiritual lethargy, like you don't feel like you wanna get up and pray. I know one thing about fighting lethargy you have to lead with your body lead with your body. Everybody say this with me. When you're fighting lethargy, lead with your body. What do I mean by lead with your body? What I mean is this. When you are fighting against lethargy, you got to get your body to do the thing first. Because every one of you, if you go to the gym, you know what it's like. The moment your feet cross the threshold of the gym door and and you start to lift those weights, you immediately feel it coming back. And all of you who go for prayer altars know that you may have been swooped reluctant to go that day. But the moment you set foot across the doors of the sanctuary, the atmosphere lifted you up. And at the end of that night, you ask yourself, why don't I do this more often? Right? Right? You know why? Because on those occasions, you led with your body. So my friends, it's absolutely right what God says in Revelation 2, do the works you did then. Now I want to share with you, how did I snap out of my own spiritual lethargy, I remembered what I did in those Malam Pentecostal days, I would get up, I would pray in tongues, strong tongues, I would walk. If I could go out, I would pray walk my neighborhood. If I couldn't, I would pace up and down, up and down in my house, right? And I started doing that. I put, now, how I do it? I put myself on a stopwatch and I just go. I just go like blazers and I tell myself, one hour, don't stop until one hour is done. So, if the stopwatch keep running, then heaven one hour, then keep going, lah, right? So keep going, keep going, lah, keep, keep going. Why? Because I'm leading first with my body and the spirit follows. And then and then the and then the mojo comes back. And then the fight back comes back. And then the shakeup is happening. And suddenly I'm praying for one hour, my friends. I I I I don't know when was the last time I prayed for one hour non-stop in strong tongues until I don't know if my neighbors can hear. But that's what happened, friends. Do you remember the last time you were really soaked in the Spirit? Go back and do what you did then. Give it a go, my friends. Give it a go. Lead with your body for this just once and see if the Spirit will then follow and rise up. And through that shaking up, you come back to a fighting spirit again to come against the enemy who is trying to wear you down with lethargy. Amen? So first, there has to be a wake up. And when you wake up, you wake up to the enemy constantly being uh, one who is against you. There is no prolonged chill mode and we must be vigilant. There is the shake up. And when we say shake up, it means we must have a fight back and allow your lethargy, cause your lethargy to be disrupted. Disrupt your spiritual lethargy and again, do what you did. Remember from how far and do it again, right? And here's the third one. The third one is this. You got to take up. You got to take up. Take up what? Take up your position. So Nehemiah, at this point in verse 13, he said that I stationed them clan by clan with their sword, their spear, and their bow in their hands. And there they built, they they, they guarded, they guarded the city and they built The wall. And you will see from the rest of chapter 4, you'll see from next week's sermon that there was such a taking. Up of position. Every single one of us, after we wake up, after we are shaken up, there has to be a taking up of your position, my friend. Where is your position in the battlefield of God? Friends, where is your position? Do you even know where is your position? Because friends, I can tell you this, if you ask, if you ask, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and, and partner together with your pastor so that he can find for you a position where you can be active and sharp like a double-edged sword in the battlefield of God. Now, what might cause you to be able to take up your position again? What is that weapon that you can hold, that sword in your hand, that spear in your hand, that bow in your hand, that you can stand in your position and hold that ground and not be a fool? You know, if you don't have the weapons, you'll be quite a fool, right? But what would cause you to be able to stand again? right? Is it that you need to 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 start praying like blazers again, a bit, a bit like me when I shared with you my story? Is that yours? Do that again. Hold that weapon. Take up that position. Connect with the prayer teams. Connect with somebody. Pray together. Is it that you need to plunge back into your Bible reading again? If that is the case, Do it. Get back into it. Plunge right into it. Come up with a plan, a simple plan. Don't overwhelm yourself. Come up with a simple plan but get back into it. Do you need to get back into the groove of serving in church? Can I be honest with you? There are opportunities to serve. Just because we are running church over, over the internet doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities to serve. And then later, as soon as the church reopens, because churches everywhere are slowly starting to reopen, as soon as church reopens, plunge back into the groove of serving in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Now, maybe for you, you thrive on being able to share the gospel. You know, fine. You think people disappeared, man? People haven't disappeared. You can still share the gospel. If you used to thrive on helping the poor, the needy, the underserved, continue doing that. Maybe for you, the real difference is that last time you're feeding, your spiritual feeding is you listen to a podcast in the car, right? Um, On your commute. But now there's no commute. So no commute means no podcast. No podcast means no feeding. That's why you're wilting, right? Listen to the thing again, right? Just find some time, fix some time, play it and be set again. Whatever it is that used to be the weapon in your hand, pick up that sword, pick up that spear. I want to tell you about what is my current weapon in my hand. It is a very it is a very mundane object. My current weapon is an alarm clock, right? I I decided, you know what? I don't want to wake up uh, to my mobile phone anymore because every time I wake up to the alarm on my mobile phone, I, I put the alarm off and then I see and there'll definitely be notifications from the night before. And so, I'm tempted to read them. So, guess what? First half an hour of my morning, I'm on some kind of app like a WhatsApp or a Telegram or I'm on my Instagram or I'm on something, right? And I thought, you know what? That's not a weapon that I can use against the enemy. Man, that's like a weapon that's cutting my own hand, right? I don't want that. So I got myself... An alarm clock. This right now is like the weapon in my hand. You know why? Because I place it on the table next to the window in my bedroom. Every morning, it starts beeping. I get up, I stumble half half awake, mostly asleep to the, 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 the thing. But when I put it out, I see right there in front of me something I prepared the night before. I have been taking my Bible, turning to Psalm 119 and placing it on that same table the night before so that in the morning when I get there and I'm, you know, you trust yourself to open your Bible when you're half asleep. I don't. You know what I do? I trust myself to open my Bible before I go to bed and I leave some 119 open next to my alarm clock. I put the alarm clock down. I sit there and I kind of like zone out for like 30 seconds and I see, oh, that's right. My Bible is there. And then I start reading. I pull open the blinds and I start reading. And you know what? These two, in tandem, my sword, my spear—these have been the weapons that have been rejuvenating me in this season. And I and I've started to reread, right, uh, 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 Psalm 119, just over and over again. And every time I read it, I'm reminded of the power of God's word and the importance of His decrees over my life. And I'm so so blessed. kale are you going to take up your position? What is your position? What are you? What weapons are you taking up in order to stand? that ground for Jesus Christ. Friends, today is a day of fight back today is a day where we bring the battle to the enemy because guess what? When the enemy comes at the church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. You know what that means? It means that the enemy is not just coming at the church because the church, the gate is not something that advances, right? So so we know that when the church advances, then the enemy becomes the one that is standing off and standing back and we step forward to bring God, to bring the power, the saving power of Jesus Christ into homes, into families, into broken lives. SIBKL, are you in the mood for a fight back? If you are in the mood for a fight back, then I'm going to pray along with you because I know that for some of you, you are struggling Have that fight back. You are thinking, Pastor, I can feel it. Pastor, I feel it coming, but I need someone. And I'm saying, uh, you, you are you are crying out verse 10, right? I see the rubble, I see how difficult it is. I can't do this by myself. Guess what, my friend? You shouldn't do this by yourself. So, right now, all across this YouTube room, all across this place, and however many among you who are watching, if you want to have that fight back, but you don't want to do it alone come and join us in our online altar call. The link is right here. The QR code is right here. There are people who are there waiting to do that fight back together with you. There are people there waiting to put strength back, to put a fight back, to put a to put a, the, a, 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 a fire back into your heart. SIBKL, my friends, just go. Just go. You know what? You will not say it wasn't worth it because every time someone is praying with you and you are agreeing, two or three are gathered and they are in agreement, the Lord will be there. He will be there to strengthen you. He will be there to put that fight back into your heart and into your hands. Friends, today, this morning, wake up. This morning, shake up. And this morning, take up your position. S.I.B.K.L., Right now, we're just going to worship. We're going to worship. And as we worship, I want many of you to leave this YouTube and go to this link. Go to this link and be ministered to by someone. Don't do this alone. Do this and walk with each other. Let's worship together. Let's worship right now. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that we are going to see a victory of God. That when your people rise to the occasion and have the power of God alive in our hearts, that we will see your victory because the battle belongs to you. So Lord Jesus, I pray right now for every single one of my friends who are still watching this even right now. I just want to encourage every single one. Even right now, if you didn't go to the online altar call or for whatever reason, you are still watching this, I want to encourage you right now to rise up. Rise up, wherever you're. Wherever you're watching this, if you're seated, rise up. If you're if you're if you're rolling over the bed, rise up. Get up. Whatever situation you've found yourself in, if you're driving, don't rise up. But everybody else, rise up right now. Just stand to your feet, and when you stand to your feet, you are making a prophetic declaration to yourself and to your own heart that you can be a witness to it. That I am going to stand. I am going to take a stand. I'm going to take a position and a posture of being ready, of being ready for what God is going to do. Everyone all across this place, no one can see you. So it's like a real altar call. Even better yet, because no one can see you wherever you are. Rise to your feet right now. I'm standing. Will you be standing right now wherever you are? Just then, Just then, Just then all across this place and raise your hand and say to God, God, today, today, I will fight back against the spiritual lethargy that's been wearing me down. In Jesus' name, put fire back into my heart. Friends, I thank God for every single one of you and I thank God for His power to put life into our hearts. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you While you're standing, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face turn towards you and be gracious towards you. May He turn His countenance towards you and show you shalom. And all of God's people shout aloud, Amen. Amen, church. Are are you enjoying being in the house of God? If you are, just shout one last goodbye and thank you to everyone in the church family on the live chat. I'll see you guys next week or I'll see you guys when I see you guys. Until then, take care. God bless.